Tuna on white, no crust, right? I don't know. How is it? Every day for the last three weeks, you've been coming in here and you've been asking me how the tuna is now. It was crappy yesterday, it was crappy the day before, and guess what? It hasn't changed. I'll have the tuna. No crust? No crust. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the true first episode of Box Office Bliss. My name is Rusty, and I am joined this evening by my co-host. His name is Josh. Now, Josh, if you don't mind me asking, just to kick things off for a quick second, on a scale of one to Ja Rule, how would you rate your love of tuna sandwiches? Tuna sandwiches are awesome. I, I, don't, I don't know. Does Ja Rule have a catchphrase? Because if it was like exhibit or something, I'd be like, yeah, X going to bring it to you. Does he have a catchphrase or something silly like that? I don't know. I don't know. Most of his lyrics is nonsensical craziness. So I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but dude, uh, so we, we, we've been playing this show for a while and like recordings have moved and different things like that. And it's like, all right, finally, we're going to get together and we're going to record t- today. And I was like, Crap, they changed my schedule, so I, I came a little late to this recording, but I do have a story to tell. I went to the convenience store down, down the road because we're like, I'm like, we're doing a podcast all about Fast and the Furious, and I need to have a Corona. Just, even if it's, I ended up getting like the biggest Corona you've probably ever seen. It's like the big, as big as my forearm. It's a 25 ounce freaking Corona. But, uh, oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. But I, I was like, dude, I'll just get like a, a <laughs> bottle, like one bottle. I don't need to buy a six pack. I'm probably not going to. It's not like the best beer ever. Actually, on thing with the show, it is the best beer ever, right? Nothing's nothing's better than Corona, uh, according to Fast and Furious. Absolutely. If you can have one brew, it's gotta be it's gotta be Corona. So yeah, I was like, all right, I'm gonna get here. I'm gonna get on time, and I I got stuck behind this guy, and he was like buying like three money orders, and then like another guy walked in. He's like, hey, bro, can you get me some Swisher sweets? And he's like, the guy was buying him Swisher sweets in front of me. And like, I'm standing in this line, just like holding this Corona, this, this single Corona. And I actually bought uh, my, my fiance a drink too, but I had both these drinks just holding them. And I was just like, I have somewhere to be right now. So, I, <laughs> so after all that, I ended up being over here, but I know I'm derailing the show, but what is the, what's the point of this show? What's box office bliss? Rusty. No worries. So if you missed episode zero, which we've already pre-recorded for this show, this is a a podcast where Josh and I are going to come together and just talk about movies, some of our favorite films. And we wanted to kick off the entire podcast, walking through, talking through, making fun of, laughing hysterically, and just reviewing and sharing our love of the Fast and the Furious films. So today we are going to kick it off by talking about the movie that released in 2001. Some may recall it fondly. Some may have completely axed it from their memory, or maybe you just have no interest in the movies at all. But we hope you will. We hope you'll join us on this journey. We are going to be talking about The Fast and the Furious. This is a film that was released on June 22nd, 2001. Director Rob Cohen. Some may remember him fondly or not so fondly from films such as Dragonheart, Triple X, starring the one and only Vin Diesel. Who could forget that film? Our boy Tony Hawk even makes an appearance stealth which i actually haven't seen and the mummy tomb of the dragon emperor which probably never should have been made because rachel wise was pregnant at the time and couldn't be in the film 
How are you going to do our boy like Brendan Fraser like that? But anyways, back to the point here. Fast and the Furious. This was a movie that actually had a budget of $38 million. Can you believe it? Uh, an opening weekend, it actually went on to make over $40 million with a worldwide box office of $207 million. $283,925. Josh, do you remember when you saw this movie for the first time? Actually, I saw this one after I saw Too Fast, Too Furious in middle school. Really? So I, so I saw Too Fast, Too Furious, and of course, we'll talk, we'll, we're going to talk about that show, that movie. We That was the one me and my brother were like super obsessed with, but I was like, this one's called Too Fast, Too Furious. Like, what is this, the initial, like, you know, movie all about? So we ended up watching it together probably, like, a year or two after watching Too Fast to Furious to Death. So that movie's super ridiculous and wacky and just its own <laughs> own style of just weirdness. But I, I love that movie, too. But, yeah, I ended up watching it with him, and we actually got addicted to listening to the soundtrack, just like Too oh, Fast to yes. Furious. So it's just... It's a very nostalgic film. I I understand there's flaws to this movie, but every time I watch it, I get really hyped up at the hype moments, and it has the cheese factor, but it's oh, yeah. just a super fun movie. So, How about you, man? When's the first time you watched this? You know, I was trying to wrap my head around, like, when did I watch this movie the first time? And the only movie in this whole franchise, well, not the whole franchise, but at least for the first two, I cannot for the life of me remember when I watched these movies for the first time. I should have texted my sister because her and I, probably similar to your brother and you, loved the first two movies, probably more so Too Fast, Too Furious, uh, which I think we can also relate in that that regard. But the first one, I don't remember watching for the first time. Uh, I definitely didn't see it in theaters because there's no way I would have saw this when I was eight years old in the theater. It had to have been something that either my mom's boyfriend rented or my mom's boyfriend had. I remember watching it at my mom's house. I just cannot remember the first time we watched the film. Um, but yeah, I do have actually fond memories of Tokyo Drift, seeing oh, yeah. that uh, in the theater. But we will get to that eventually. But Josh, before we get into the plot or anything else, I actually have some really interesting fun facts for this film. And uh, I'm a big person when it comes to movies, going to IMBD, not only reading like the trivia section, but also like the goofy mishaps, continuity errors, and all of that kind of wildness. I won't get into the continuity stuff, but there are some really interesting fun facts that I think for people that have fallen in love with these movies, even if you've only seen them once and you know who the main prominent actors are, there's just some interesting facts here. So the first one where... I don't know if this this film series ever would have continued beyond its first movie, uh, given the name that they eventually secured. But early in production, working titles for the film uh, actually included Racer X, Redline, and Race Wars. So the title rights, not the story rights, but the film The Fast and the Furious was actually something that came out in 1954 uh, they purchased that title so they could actually use it for the movie that we're actually talking about tonight, uh, which was also another film about racing, the original 1954 version. I've not seen it. Me either. I don't know what it's about, uh, but it was apparently shown in a theater owned by the grandfather of producer Neil H. Moritz, who was hmm. the producer of this movie. That's interesting. It's really interesting stuff. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, 
Another one, so we all know that uh, the beloved late actor Paul Walker plays one of the main protagonists of this film, Brian O'Connor. Originally, these actors never auditioned, but the producers of the film were considering Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale of Batman fame, and Eminem as the, oh. the, uh, the actor for uh, Brian O'Connor. Eminem? I, yes. I mean, I mean, the soundtrack would have been hot, I guess, right? Yeah, I could have gotten into the soundtrack for sure, but I don't know. I've seen Eight Mile, and uh, the man can rap. Acting yeah. is definitely questionable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. That that's interesting. I I, I know Paul Walker. Like he's kind of iconic in in this role, actually. You know, after so many movies, but like thinking about, do you think the movies would have lasted that long with Eminem in the no role? Way. I I think that he probably would have got too busy or blah blah blah, and probably or they'd have to recast, which would have been kind of weird. So I'm I'm kind of glad it turned out the way it did. Me too. I I cannot imagine watching nine movies as Eminem as uh, Brian O'Connor. I just I can't picture that at all. <laughs> um, but speaking of picturing actors or actresses and the main roles of these movies, Mia, who of course is the lead love romance, uh, opposite of Paul Walker's Brian O'Connor. Uh, these are actually actresses that audition for this character. So Natalie Portman. Sarah Michelle Gellar of Buffy fame, of course, Kirsten Dunst, and Jessica Biel all audition for the role of Mia, which uh, I don't know. How do you feel about that, Josh? I mean, I, I could see any of those actor actresses doing OK, like opposite Paul Walker, I think. Uh, they still ended up with a, you know, a, a pretty woman that uh, was kind of like a strong female character. So, I mean, I could see any of them working. but. I think having maybe a little bit lesser known actors kind of worked out for the best in this one, right? Yeah, no, I agree. I think Jordana Brewster, who eventually got the role, someone that's lesser known, you don't really know her. We'll get into this as it relates to our thoughts for the film, but I feel like they have the best on-screen chemistry of any of the other actors in the film for a very uh, arguably poorly acted movie. So yeah, I'm definitely glad Jordana kind of made her name for herself in these films. The other ones obviously went on to uh, secure big roles for themselves. So it's not like they completely missed out. Yeah. Now, this next fact here, Paul Walker was actually the first to sign on for the film. uh, But apparently Vin Diesel was not so easily persuaded and actually took multiple script rewrites for him to to sign on for the film. And the executive producers actually wanted Colin Farrell Hmm. to play the role of Dom in this movie, which... Again, Vin Diesel being such an iconic person in this role. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that one, Josh? Diesel is kind of like the, I don't know. He just, he just has that presence on screen where you, you kind of don't want to fuck with him, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And pretty much like, I think Colin Farrell, even if he buffed up a bit, I don't think he could pull it off quite as well, even though he was Grindelwald, but you know, thousand percent no he doesn't have the bravado of someone like vin diesel even though at this point vin diesel really didn't have much of an acting career besides triple x i don't even know what came out first fast and the furious one or triple x but either way vin diesel wasn't a super prominent actor and uh i don't see how this film series goes on without him you know he's just the center role holding it all together i feel like now like especially later down the line he has more of like a a say in the franchise and without yeah. his like vision, I don't think it would have went as far as it, it has. I agree completely. Speaking of Vin Diesel, 
apparently him and Michelle Rodriguez, who plays Letty, his love interest in the film, they were actually dating off camera in real life during the production of this movie. Letty? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, I believe it. I mean, Have you ever watched... This is a little bit of a non sequitur, but have you ever seen Vin Diesel's Instagram ever? I follow it, but I don't know if I read all of the uh, the captions. There's just some weird stuff that he posts video wise. He's always he's either stoned or drunk, something like that. He's always under the influence of something, and he'll be with Letty. What's the actress's name who plays Letty? Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez. Yes, he'll be with her. She'll be in the background somewhere, and he'll be like. Uh, yeah, uh, we got a uh, fast nine coming along, <laughs> and then Letty on the beat. I was like, "Hey, Letty, you can say hi." And she she's like always in like all these Instagram videos with them. So I don't know, maybe they still have a thing like nowadays. Really? Like they're always hanging out. It feels like because every time he puts posts something on Instagram, Twitter, whatever, like she's like there. So that's so bizarre because I'm pretty sure that man's he's either married. I know he has a couple kids. I don't know if he's married or not. I. I'm actually not up to date on know. Diesel's personal life on Wikipedia, but I should probably check that out. Me, me huh. either. But I just noticed that in Instagram, maybe, maybe it's just because they're filming together. That could be it. But it feels like almost every single time he posts something, like he just did that song. Like she was in a video with him. Like, like, oh yeah, my song's coming out, and she's just like sitting right there behind him. That's really interesting. Okay, we'll I'll have to do some more digging on that. Speaking of Michelle Rodriguez, actually, her and Jordana Brewster, who of course plays Mia. They actually didn't have their driver's license or even learner's permits when they filmed this movie. Oh, a movie about cars and they don't, they can't <laughs> drive. Huh. Interesting. That seems like a prerequisite for the role, but apparently neither of them had either of those two things, which I just find fascinating. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's just one of those things like, okay, well, I guess you got to learn how to drive, throw them in the deep end. Let's go. <laughs> Let's just do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Those are actually the, the crazy wild facts that I had. I just wanted to throw a couple of them out there. If you're curious about more stuff, go on to IMBD. Look up the Fast and the Furious film. There's plenty of trivia out there. All kinds of wild stuff in terms of mishaps in filming the movie as well that are very interesting. But I wanted to bring those up for everyone. I thought, I thought they would be pretty interesting stuff. So I, what, what, what do you say we flip up the little plastic lid, push the button that says NOS next to it, and get into the plot? <laughs> Let's get into it, man. <laughs> what are you smiling about? Dude, I almost had you. <laughs> you almost had me? You never had me. You never had your car. <laughs> Granny shifting, not double clutching like you should. You're lucky that 100 shot of Nas didn't blow the welds on the intake. <laughs> almost had me? Okay, so uh, Fast and the Furious, it starts off with a heist, the money load. There's somebody on a phone talking about the money load, and uh, it kind of pans over. You see a bunch of DVD players and like VHS players in the back of a truck, and uh, you see the truck go off. You see a bunch of cars surround the truck, and a harpoon is shot through the window. I'm trying to like understand like the logistics <laughs> of like, <laughs> like why did they why do they do that? Like they shoot the harpoon through the chair. And like the dudes, I don't get it. I guess that's to get over to the truck to steal the truck or I, I don't know. I, I just don't get it all. Like why scream Moby Dick and shoot this giant harpoon <laughs> weapon onto the cart? Why don't you just shoot out the wheels or like pull the person over? Like you could easily 
force this truck to just pull over and steal all of the DVDs that are inside. That, by the way, the scene when they're loading all of these Panasonic DVD players on the truck, I worked grocery for seven plus years and I worked in the dairy department specifically. Mm -hmm. I never got a truck full of milk without it being secured with crates and all strapped in. And not one of these (laughs) boxes was strapped in. It was just there. Yeah, it it literally looked like they set the shot up to be filmed. Like it's not like a like a like a like imagine that you're driving down the highway and all these DVD players are flying around. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, we we start off the film with this heist. Uh, We don't really know what's going on. There's nothing set up yet. But then we go into the next scene that cuts over to Paul Walker in this badass green car. You see his Chuck Taylors pushing the gas pedal. Yeah. (laughs) Getting out, walking over to this like mini. I guess it's a mini restaurant. I'm not Mm -hmm. really sure. Mia runs. Mia runs. Is it a restaurant or like a bar? I can't really tell. Toretto's Market Cafe. Yeah, you wrote it down. Okay. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he goes up to her and then he orders the tuna sandwich, no crust. And mm-hmm. he always asks about the tuna. And she's like, You always ask about the tuna. <laughs> it's like the most awkward flirting, I think, that you could possibly do. I don't know. But yeah. um, the thing I realized watching this part of the movie, I was just like, This movie is the most early 2000s thing I think I've. I, you could possibly watch like every single yeah. all the outfits the music that's playing in the background everything dude like they're sitting there talking they're doing their chit chatting and a bunch of street thugs show up and <laughs> and there's this dude what's his name vince right Thor vince. ragnarok senior vince yes yes he gets out and he looks over at her and he's like what is he sandwich crazy <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like okay so he goes over there he kind of threatens paul walker's like hey you're talking about my girl bro he's like he's just a dirtbag he's an asshole you know he's just he's getting all up in his face they they have a fist fight right there in front of the paul walker's car or brian connor was it brian i'm messing up his name brian brian silpner or uh it's something really bizarre that's already escaping me yeah, so they they have this street fight. It's it's really cheesy, really awkward. They they show a scene like a spot of his like driver's license that shows Brian Earl Spilner. There it is. I don't know. Dom comes out, breaks the fight up, and then that that scene's kind of over. You kind of get the establishing that Vince is an asshole, that he's like super possessive of Mia, which I don't even know if you know her name yet, but that's Mia. Uh, I don't think you love, do, but the, what I love is that when Dom grabs Brian's ID, he's like, Brian Earl Spilner from Arizona. Sounds like a serial killer name. Are you a serial killer? You know, it's just like <laughs> super cheesy, ridiculous. And, and just just thinking about the film, like imagine just like the cheesiest early 2000s rap rock playing this entire time yeah. during this beginning part. Uh, so yeah, they, they do the next scene. They cut to... Brian in like an auto shop. He works at an auto shop as far as we know so far. Dude, the NOS product placement is everywhere. Like every single cut and pan you see NOS, you know, in the shop. He's talking about street racing with the guy in the back. The mechanic is like, I need NOS. My car topped out at 140 miles per hour. I need a big one. Make it two. And Harry, I need it tonight. So... (laughs) all in preparation for the first street race yeah so so pretty much it cuts again huge setup 
street gathering. There's a bunch of people there. Sick music's going. There's a bunch of cars lined up with neon underglow. It's just like there's a bunch of hot babes there, right? Uh, you hear rolling, 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 rolling in the background. A bunch of rap plays. And then you get cut to this random street thug as Paul Walker pulls up and gets out of his car. He's trying to look like a badass in his like just basic ST and Chuck Taylors and leaning against his green car. And this dude walks up. He's like, hold up. Look at this snowman over here. <laughs> gets in Paul Walker's face is like what do you think you're doing here and shit like I love it because he also is like my name's Hector except I don't know how to pronounce my last name <laughs> just like wait what <laughs> how do you not know that like oh it's ridiculous pretty much everybody starts showing up like everybody's harassing Paul Walker because he's the new guy you know on the block they make this big to do about Dom pulling up with Letty and Jaw Rule's there his name's Edwin Letty gets out of the car. She does. I smell skanks. And there's like hot girls around. <laughs> and like Brian goes up to Dom. They're having this conversation. He's like, yeah, I want to race, man. I need a race. And he's like, well, you don't got any money. He's like, no, I'll race for pinks. You know, I'll race for my car. He's super confident because, you know, he got all that NOS installed into the car and stuff. I love it because he, he literally walks up to Dom. He's like, yo, yo, I don't have cash, but I have the pinks with my car. So check, it's like this. I lose, the winner takes my car. Clean and clear. But if I win, I take the case and I take the respect. And everyone's just like, <laughs> who is this kid? Like, oh. He's, he puts oh. on like this street accent that's so fake. You can tell it's fake. Oh, it's, yeah, I don't, it's awful. I don't know if it's supposed to be like for the movie. Like he's, that's how he talks. Or maybe he's trying to play it up because later on in the movie, we find out he's a cop. So maybe yeah. he... He's playing it up a bit more because, oh, yeah, okay, I'm supposed to have a cheesy accent because I'm a cop and I'm not really supposed to be here. So, yeah, putting on up front pretty much. They end up doing that bet. And then there's like this big techno montage. All the cars are lining up and there's these two hot babes kind of fonding over Ja Rule. He's like, if you win, you can get with me and Monica and like one chick's name is Monica and the other one didn't have a name. But they're like, if you get if you win, you can have both of us at the same time. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and all, as all this is happening, I just think the scene is just like the cheesiest, but the best thing ever. There's just a Pizza Hut delivery driver that pulls up. He's like, goddamn street racers. Because <laughs> he Who can't believe get- it or not is actually the director of the film. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually the director, Rob Cohen. It's his little cameo. I think that's a, that's just a funny little moment. Like it's almost cheesy, but like in the best possible way. I think. Oh, absolutely, and Pizza Hut uh, product placement too. Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> Brian turns on like techno music in his car. He's getting super pumped, and then he goes, "I'm gonna win." And then you see his foot <laughs> go down, and it goes room room, and he's like, "All the cars are lined up, ready to go," and then they're all racing. And easily pass up Jaw Rule. Both Dom and Brian both easily just pass him up. And then he's like, no, Monica! As his car's like crash, uh, like basically fucking up. One of the best moments in the movie. Like, this is honestly like the equivalent of cheese for like Darth Vader in Revenge of the Sith, where he's like, no, when he finds out that Padme dies. Like, it's this, this moment where he's just like, no, Monica! Like, the most dramatic, horrible acting scene in a film I think I've ever seen. But also lovely 
So basically during this this entire race, Dom has Nos, Brian has Nos, and it's always showing shown through like this really interesting like CG like pass through the entire engine like I don't know how to describe it, but pretty much easy. they they show Brian, he pushes the Nos, he's like, "Yes, I'm going." And then like it they use like this this camera trick where they kind of do like a faster frame rate for the stuff going past him. So it yeah. makes him look like he's going like through speed and time pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he uses both Nos and uh, he's just like, Oh snap, we're going. And then he ends up using Nos two. Like he has another one on his steering wheel his two buttons and he uses it a little bit too early, ends up burning out his engine. And of course, Dom ends up just like passing him up. And as Brian's car just gets burned up and he loses the race. Oh uh, yeah. Dom gets out, start talking crap. He's like, winning's winning. And that said, Brian was doing granny shifting the entire time. Just pretty much just like not keeping up with anything. And then out of nowhere, the cops show up. Everybody's like, cops, cops, cops. The cops start breaking up the entire race. They see Dom race out and then he gets out of his car, starts walking down the street. And then there's a cop right there. And then he starts having to run away from the cops. And then Brian picks him up. And they have like a heart to heart, like like a nice moment where they're talking. He's like, yeah, Dom's like, I was in juvie for two years. And, you know, they have like a a nice little moment, I guess. And yeah. he, he, he takes him back. to Is this, did they take him back to his house right after that? Or so this is him? what I don't understand in a complete plot hole. So no one knows who Brian is at this point, but randomly Johnny Tran and his little gang of motorcycle friends show up behind Brian's car and lead him into this random like downtown China type place yeah. and they pull them out of the car and they start talking shit to them and you don't know what's going on. You don't really know who this gang is and Dom's like, yeah, this is my new boy, Brian. He's my new mechanic or whatever. And then they're like, okay, whatever. They get back in the car like they're getting ready to leave and then two motorcycle guys come back and it starts shooting the holy hell out of the car and it's like, wait a second, you just led these guys. First of all, how do you know that Dom was in the car, you drive him into your own place and then leave the evidence for potential cops to show up for a car that you just blew up. It just doesn't make, it's nonsensical, doesn't make any sense, but yeah, that's that's basically how that whole crazy scene plays out. Yeah, and it doesn't make any sense at all, but after all of that, I feel like Dom kind of has a kinship to Brian now a little bit, like, oh, dude, you came for me, right? So he takes him, exactly. back, to, he takes him back to his house and there's like a house party going on. They have to take a cab too. They take a taxi over there. And the first thing you see when you go inside the house is Gran Turismo. Someone's playing Gran Turismo, which is a nice Heck little, yeah. little uh, sign of the era. And Dom goes over to Vince, talking shit to Vince. He's like, dude, you didn't come for me. Blah, blah, blah. Brian came, you didn't come. And he's like, who is this guy? Fuck this guy. You know, he's kind of an ass. He's just, he's just a crap. He's like the stereotypical bully, I guess, in the movie. Vince. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of like womanizer, just a dick. And Dom literally takes both the beers out of his hands, like gives one of them to Brian. And he's like, you can have any brew in the house as long as it's Corona. Hell so, yeah. Which I have my Corona, which I'll open right now. In tribute. Oh, Dude, this, nice. this thing is huge. This thing is giant. Cheers. Like, I know y'all can't see this thing, but this thing is like the biggest beer I think I've ever seen. Anyway, 25 ouncer. Hmm. It's good stuff. It's not it's not really even that it's not even that cold right now. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, Dom's pissed up Vince and then he ends up going to bed with Letty. 
Brian and Mia have like a nice moment. They're talking. He's like, I'll get you a drink. And then he gets Snapple. So there's a Snapple product placement. Because why not? Mm. And they both drink Snapples and have like a nice little moment. And Mia takes Brian home. I guess the next scene is him getting pulled over by the dude from Silence of the Lambs. That's yep. right. Yep. That same actor. The guy uh, put the lotion on his skin. That guy. That, it's the same exact <laughs> actor, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Okay. This is where we find out that Brian's a cop. There's a whole compound. Mm. They've been following the street gang for a while, the different gangs, the motorcycle people, too. Uh, they've been following all of these people, right? For like the longest mm-hmm. time. Yep. Brian's basically did the street race and it kind of led to all these people in the street race uh, that stole that money load with the DVD players. So they're trying to figure out who did that. Basically, they get him another car. It's a beat up car. He goes to Dom and says, hey, I want to learn how to race, blah, blah, blah. And they talk about tricking it out. Then Dom tells him about race wars, which is not a really uh, a politically correct name thing. I, I don't think. I don't know. I, I, that, no. that, it's just a terrible name. I'm, I'm so glad the movie wasn't called Race Wars. Can you imagine, though, like nine movies of race wars, like Race Wars 9? No. I, I cannot. Oh, my gosh. That would have been awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it just doesn't age well at all another thing that doesn't age well is there's like this mechanic guy i mean i guess it ages well for the time but he has a floppy disk and he's using like a mac computer to make like cg renders like old school wireframe renders of the car to talk about how he's going to trick it out and stuff yeah it's like a i don't know if it's like a mac or like a windows 95 some old computer mm-hmm. after this scene they have their first barbecue because this movie is racing and barbecues and family and coronas so Absolutely. You know what's crazy is uh, Jesse, just real quick, the actor that plays him, for whatever reason, uh, for the longest time until I went back and rewatched this for like the umpteenth time, I felt like that was Ryan Gosling. I don't know why, but some part of me felt like that was Ryan Gosling. Rewatching it, it almost seems like it's Ryan Gosling's twin little brother that never really made it in Hollywood type of thing. Like if you watch that movie, his face looks like a young Ryan Gosling. But what, what I love is... Uh, Dom, he calls him out and he's like, hey, since you're the first one that grabbed the chicken, you got to say grace tonight. And he's like, dear heavenly spirit, thank you for providing us with the direct port nitrous injection, four core intercoolers and ball bearing turbos and titanium valve springs. Thank you. And then Letty's like praying to the car gods. It's just like, oh my gosh. It's one of those cheesy moments in... In a good way, of course, but where he has the mechanic that just knows too much about cars. I love it. Yep. Yep. Gotta love Jesse. So yeah, man, the first barbecue we've had, like the like I said before, barbecues, Corona, family. So this is the first scene of like the family together, pretty much. This is a recurring thing we'll see throughout all the movies. How sensitive do you want to be for future spoilers for this show? Do you want to not talk about future ep- movies at all or allude to them? Uh, I don't know. I feel like for these movies, as long as they've been out, while I do want to certainly bring people in that have never seen these films to kind of go along this journey with us, but like, I don't know. This isn't like Harry Potter levels of spoilers in terms of like story direction or like Lord of the Rings where it's going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader type of thing. Like, come on. It's, it's the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah, so I mean, like I said, this this is a recording thing. We just have barbecues, they hang out, be families, be family, S- family. <laughs> anyway, 
pretty much during this whole barbecue situation, Mia gets Brian to ask her out like at night after the barbecue's over. He's helping them clean up. And of course, Vince is pissed off because he's a possessive asshole like we've established. Brian is doing cop stuff. So this is what happens this night. He goes and he investigates Hector after Ooh. he goes to the shop. Yeah, and he gets caught by Victor and Dom looking through the warehouse and at different cars from Hector, the competitor in the street uh, race wars. And he says, dude, I'm just I'm just sniffing out the competition. No big deal. Don't worry. And of course, it is like a pretty dark scene. Like he gets dragged. He gets knocked out and dragged over. And it looks yeah. like they're going to like beat his ass pretty much. And he convinces him like, no, I'm just looking at the different, you know, competitors, making sure that we can compete with these people. And he's like, all right, let's let's go to Johnny Trans place. And they end up going over there. Uh, Dom, Vince and Brian all three go over there. And there's a bunch of cars there with no engines, but a ton of DVD players. Oh, no. Yes. Uh-oh. Tran tortures a dude right in front of them as they are. They, they kind of sneak in and you see mm-hmm. Johnny Tran and his boys come in with some like old guy. It's like it's a pretty dark scene as well. Like they they beat this guy's face up and a bunch of stuff like that. And all those guys go off. Then it cuts back to the police precinct or like the I guess it kind of looks like a mansion that they're in, something like that. Like where they it set does, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're they're set up there, and Brian tells the cop and the Silence of the Lamb cop and the other police commissioner guy that holy crap, man, this is crazy. It looks like it's Johnny Tran. And then they find out that it's not Johnny Tran. That no, all this stuff ties back to Dom, <gasps> and that Dom's a loose cannon, and he beat a dude with a lead pipe back in the day. So that's why mm. he was in juvie. That. When they had that initial car ride back in there, and he's like, yeah, I was in juvie for two years. That's why. The cup back to Dom's place. He shows Brian a muscle car. His dad's muscle car. And this car shows up a lot in the franchise as well. It's yep. like Dom's baby, pretty much. His signature vehicle. What we find out is Dom has this dark backstory that the reason he beat this guy with the lead pipe was that his dad died in a stock car crash, and he blames the other guy that basically crashed into him for his death so he went mm-hmm. over and with rage just grabbed a lead pipe started beating the guy like almost to death with the lead pipe and that's why he went to juvie for two years crazy that's crazy it's crazy backstory man like i don't know and this is where the line shows up where he's like man after all this craziness that's happened in my life i learned that i live my life a quarter mile at a time and for those 10 seconds or less i'm free i'm free yes <laughs> And it's supposed to be like the most serious moment, but at that moment, I'm just more, I'm kind of laughing, but I'm kind of like, hell yeah, yeah, at the same time. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, buckle the seatbelt. I'm ready to go. I'm totally all in for this movie now. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So there's a small scene with dinner with me and Brian and they're talking about Dom. She's like, Dom's like gravity. Everything gets pulled to him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh they go out to dinner and they end up sleeping together. And during this whole situation, there is a heist going down. And the police commissioner's like, calls Ryan after they have sex, whatever. And he's just like, Yeah, if you want, we can go and move in on trans guys if you're sure. You have to be sure. And he's like, Yes, I'm sure. Just say yes if you're sure. That's all he had to say, right? And he's like, Yes. Yep. And they end up moving in on him and they come up clean the v- the dvd players are legally purchased so it's not trans guys oh <gasps> he also tells him that he has 36 hours to figure this out 
and he's pissed off. They they basically cut back to the police station. He's getting chewed out pretty much for giving them bad information. They cut to the new car that's done over in in uh, Dom's house. They drive it. They take it out for a test drive. And they go to a random stop stop sign stoplight. Him and Dom in the car. Brian's <laughs> driving, and then he looks over. It's just like this Ferrari, right? And he's like, "Nice car. How much does it cost?" And the guy in the Ferrari's like, "More than you can afford." And then you hear like a silence, like a beat, and he's like, "Ferrari." <laughs> Which can we just like this guy is like probably some guy in his late forties, early fifties, chill with some sugar mama lady who's probably in her thirties, and then they just like take <laughs> Brian or not Brian, but Dom looks over at Brian, he's like, "Smoke him." And so like the, the light turns green and then they just start racing and it's like doesn't this lady like sitting in shotgun think this is like absolutely nuts because they're like going against traffic zigzagging through the lines and everything racing and then Brian of course smokes him and then they just pull over into a place to grab some food it's like did you just see what I just saw like what just happened it's in broad daylight too that's the thing that's most ridiculous it's it's the beginning of the not realistic situations in the franchise I said I would say I mean a lot of this is not realistic but this would never happen but it was a fun scene like it was fun yeah. to watch yeah so yeah basically they go and get some food after this ridiculous race and Brian confronts Dom for the first time and he says I know about all this stuff. I know about the car, the thefts and all this, and I want in. And then he's like, Dom's like, okay, well, if you want in, win at Race Wars, and you can come in. We'll 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 bring you part of this, you know. And so, cut. It's Race Wars, baby. Which is <laughs> it's never gonna get more fun to say. It's not fun to say. It's a really bad name. Which the more uh, you think about it, it's just like, oh my gosh, what were they thinking? <laughs> It's so bad. <laughs> but yeah, they it's basically in like a desert situation. There's a bunch of cars there and babes. They do like the the there's a lot of scenes in this franchise where they will just take a camera and just zoom in on like a bunch of you know, there's like a chick having a wet t shirt contest to like a bunch yeah. of cool cars, like cars with their hoods open with a bunch of speakers blasting, you know, trying to make it look as badass as possible. If there was ever a question that this movie came out in two thousand one this these types of scenes are the spitting image of stereotypical early 2000s films just crazy yeah 100 percent. and letty's there and she's doing the first race of the race war that they show and the thing i noticed about letty is she literally never looks through her sunglasses like this entire movie like she has sunglasses at the edge of her nose the and she's like nose. yeah and she's like looking past them i'm like why even bother having them in yeah, I don't. You have to wonder if that was part of the script or if it was there's something she just uh, was was improv. I, I I have no idea, but just ridiculous. Okay, so they end up showing Letty's race and she wins against some douchebag, which I feels like the theme is is here. A lot of the characters in this this storyline are like either complete assholes or they're like lovable like golden people kind of you know what i mean i don't know like it's very yeah no 100 percent. because paul walker is like just a dude that just never stops smiling like he's just happy to be alive but then you have someone like yeah. vince which i don't know if that man ever changes t-shirt the whole movie and he just hates everyone <laughs> for no discernible reason <laughs> yeah and then and then dom is kind of hard to read but he's like the lovable tough guy you know what i mean yeah so he's kind of a teddy bear at heart they show another race with jesse the engineer which is an, a character that pops up again and he does a race with tran and he loses his car and this ends up with him 
basically taking off with his car without giving the car up to Tran. And after that happens, who goes after him? Someone goes after him, right? So Tran comes back to Dom and he's like, yo, man, you sent the uh, you sent the FBI after me or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, I'm not a narc. I've never been a narc. And he just starts beating the heck out of Tran, just literally pummeling his face into the ground. And security gets involved and everyone's freaking out. Brian's like, doesn't know what the heck to do. And he's kind of freaking out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just chaos ensues. After this whole situation, there is like a rave at night during the race wars and oh no and it was like it was terrible man it it's pretty much the worst <laughs> rave you've probably ever seen in your entire life it, it looked so cheesy the best part of this scene is they zoom in on this this dude who literally he's like wearing sunglasses has a visor and he has these glow sticks that he's basically swinging yeah. around like nunchucks <laughs> like just going to town <laughs> to this crazy techno music it's one of the best scenes in a movie that seemed like it was shot right out of the 90s oh my gosh yeah and it it's the thing about it is it's it looks so terrible and cheesy but it's like so self-serious at the same time you know what i mean like this scene <laughs> yeah. is so serious and then you just see this dude just having a having a ball man just <laughs> so yeah it's not meant to be a parody but when you watch it it's like oh my gosh what were they thinking during this whole scene brian ends up admitting to mia that he's a cop which is not a good thing Mia's pissed off the thing i noticed about this scene i don't know if it's the rave with the reflection of the light but i was like man paul walker's eyes are just so blue they're Dude, like he's so dreamy yeah, they're like, uh, this is what I wrote down. They're unflinching, unflinching pool of radiance. They glow ever so much in the darkness. So pure. Very pure. No, he's a beautiful man. Yeah. And it, I don't know what it was about this. I just got lost in his blue eyes for a minute. And I, I lost, uh, lost tra my train of thought when I was writing these notes. But anyway. It happens <laughs> to the best of us. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much Dom is planning one more job. Like there's kind of a B plot going on with him and Letty planning this final you know hit pretty much brian knows it's happening that night so they go after him mia doesn't really agree to it too much she's kind of like hey eh, he's a cop what an asshole for lying to all of us this entire time but she ends up going with him anyway and they trace dom's phone and while this is going on they do the harpoon gun again and of course oh, it's, yeah. it's dom's team doing it you know who's who's all there it's vince dom and who else leon Not, leon yeah, that's the. He kind of looks like a washed up Matthew McConaughey wannabe that also never made it in Hollywood, but he got the roles Leon in Fast and Furious. Okay, like we haven't even mentioned this guy at all, so he's he's definitely not the most important <laughs> character. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're 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 hitting this car. They're gonna steal some more DVD players or whatever's in 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 it in this truck. Basically, Vince gets stuck on the side of this truck because the truck driver has a shotgun. So he starts blasting them like pretty much they do the harpoon gun and the, the shotgun blasts start going off and they cannot get this, this truck to stop. Uh, Vince decides, hey, I'm going to climb across this harpoon wire and he gets his arm basically stuck inside the harpoon wire. And he's on the side of the truck as the truckers trying to shotgun blast him, which is just a ridiculous scene. And what I love most about this is Vin Diesel's character, Dom, he's driving up he literally like puts his arm out as if he has the strength of a thousand men and is just like, Vince, jump, I'll catch you. <laughs> Considering this is a dude that's like 200 plus pounds, maybe six foot plus, that's just going to casually jump onto Vince, Vin Diesel's arm. And he's going to like catch him and grab him into their car and 
casually drive away and live a mar- merry life. I, it's like oh I know, like the, they're going fast too. They're probably going in the '60s at least. You know what I mean? At least on this stretch yeah. of like desert highway, and after a while, they do end up catching up. Uh, Brian and Mia do end up catching up, and Brian does he? He pretty much saves Vince. He jumps. He gets okay. So pretty much the situation. He drives alongside the the truck and he's like mia take the wheel i can do this and he gets out of the window and he jumps across onto the truck to help vince get out from being stuck on the side of the truck but the whole time we see the the like they do like this close-up shot of like the trucker reloading the shotgun like they show him like grabbing the bullets and like slowly putting them in the freaking shotgun and stuff getting ready to blast them and stuff yeah which how he's doing this and still controlling an entire semi full of whatever he's carrying I, I i we presume of course dvd players at this point yeah driving down this road 60 plus miles per hour loading a shotgun like these are cartridges that he's <laughs> casually loading into this gun oh my god and then the music's like like super intense it's like do 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 like that and while he's doing it like like he's some kind of like <laughs> i don't know terminator or something of course at the last minute right as he gets a shotgun blast Paul Walker Brian grabs Vince off of the side and jumps over to the car and he's kind of screwed up. Um, Letty doesn't Letty get shot at one point? Yeah, so basically Dom's car, he gets his wheel shot out and he's like, Letty's like, yo, Dom, I'm coming up. She comes up. The truck driver sees her in the rear view mirror, runs her off the road. Her car flips out of the, out of the, oh, flips yeah. over. So Vin Diesel starts freaking out and he's like, Leon, go check out Letty. Make sure she's okay. Leon makes his first appearance for the whole film. He's like, I got you, bro. So he drives back. And then that's when Brian comes up. They take her. Vin Diesel at this point is already out of the picture. Oh, yeah. Or Dom, I should say. Mm. They get Vince. And then that's when they kind of go off the, the, the road. And they're trying to figure out Vince's situation. But at this point, he's like basically bleeding out. Yeah. See, the thing with these plots is they're going to be a little rough at the start, but we're I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> we got it. No, we'll no. It. The thing is, is you watch these movies and like the, there's a difference like between just watching it and experiencing it and then try to relay the information back after you see it. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, all this happens. And then. So they're all on the side of the road. We got Brown, Brian over there, Dom, Letty and vince vince is in a bad shape letty seems like she's okay even though she was in a wreck she she'll probably heal up pretty good but vince's arm is pretty much lacerated from this wire from the harpoon gun so he's like dude if we want to save vince we need to call somebody in so he gets on his cell phone he's like dude i'm doing it i'm calling somebody in and he's like officer brian o'connor here we have somebody hurt blah 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 and he calls in a helicopter and you know they take vince off in the helicopter he gets airlifted out and of course dom is not happy with brian He'd been lying to him the entire time. Oh, boy. Yeah. So this scene kind of plays out uh, before the cops come and everything. You know, Dom and Letty get the hell out of there. Brian's there with the helicopter and all that. So they cut later to him at his house. Brian confronts Dom in the front of his house. Comes out. Freaking (laughs) the only way you could see him come out pissed off with a giant freaking wrench. (laughs) Looking like (laughs) looking like uh, freaking fix it, Felix. But a buff fix it, fix it, Felix, just like about to, about ready to kick his ass. Out of nowhere, the engineer comes, and I think Mia's there too. Everybody's there. Mia. Yeah. So basically, Dom's just like, "Listen, I gotta find Jesse. He's the the kids all I got, or I'm all the kids got, or whatever." And yeah. I love the moment. There's this moment where Brian's like, 
Dom, put the weapon down. No more running. And Dom's like, I'm not running. And then they have this, like, they get in each other's face. And that's when Mia comes out and she's like, Dom, just forget about it. Just drop the issue. And Jesse comes out. He almost seems like he's strung out on drugs. He's like, hey, man, Dom, I don't know what I'm doing, man. I'm so scared. Huh? <laughs> trans dudes like come out of nowhere on their motorcycles with their silenced uzis i don't even know and, and yeah uzis or whatever yeah. but there's this moment where they zoom in on dom's face and it's like zoom they zoom in on dom <laughs> he looks to his left brian lurks to his left and then like not a half a second later all of a sudden the motorcycle guys are already there just shooting up everyone mm-hmm. And how Dom is able to scurry his way across the entire lawn and never once get shot and magically dodge all of these bullets <laughs> just makes no sense to me. Yeah, like, and of course, in this whole entire fray, the engineer dies. He gets shot up basically, like, almost comedically. I mean, it's, he's dying. It's kind of sad, but he's just like, like that, you know, like, <laughs> it it's is. very overacted. But yeah, this, like, Don's basically a superhero already in this first movie. He's just like, I, I can do this. And he's just like, I don't know, man. He definitely maneuver from muscle for rank. Is that the cake song? You, you've heard that song, right? Going into this. I think so. He sounds familiar. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> bad joke. Um, but yeah, he, he gets through the entire lawn and they're basically chasing after trans guys. He goes after trans guys in the car that had never been driven. His dad's car his muscle car, which is a badass car. So actually, after they decide to go after trans man, Brian drives or pulls out of the driveway, goes after them. When Dom actually gets into his car, he turns left instead of turning right, which is the actual direction of the bikers. <laughs> so it was just something maybe that just left the director's mind that was like, well, for continuity's sake, you should actually drive or turn right, but he turns left. It's just some weird thing that I just, I don't know. I, I noticed after watching this movie after so many times, you just kind of pick up on like the little nuance of, of things like that. Maybe he knew like a special way to like cut him off. You know, if it, if you want to like could've. put it, you like try to yeah. explain it off, but pretty much the situation is, is Brian is chasing after one of the motorcyclists and Dom is chasing after another one pretty much. Right. Yep. They end up doing a, it's a crazy chase of basically over like Hollywood Hills. I guess that's pretty much where they're at. They're at. It kind of looks like it. Cause it's kind of like they're basically going downhill this entire chase. So they're run. They run one. Uh, Brian runs one of them off the track and then Dom runs another one off the road. And uh, there was a moment where Brian's chasing after one of them and like, he's in a tunnel and he knocks him over and he's like, call the police. And he's like trying to run after Dom. He basically tried. <laughs> so pr- pretty much they take out all these street gangs with their cars, uh, doing all this crazy stunts and stuff. He chases after Dom. And how does this, I, I want you to explain how this int- last final street race gets uh, set up here. So they pull up to this street light and Dom basically says like, Hey, when I was in high school, I always used to make this jump to beat the train with my buddies. It's a quarter mile down the track. So, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, so a quarter mile down the road, you'd think this would take about eight to 10 seconds based on the speed of your cars, how quick these things move. But I love how they draw this scene out for like a minute and 30 <laughs> seconds to two minutes of just zooming to Vin Diesel's face, back to Paul Walker, back to the train, back to the cars. And they do this just back and forth montage for literally like yes. two minutes where it should take like 10 <laughs> seconds and eventually... Vin Diesel, you know, Dom's car, something ends up bursting. So he starts freaking out, but he looks back at uh, Brian. So he thinks, okay, he's still going. So the race is still on. So they end up busting through 
if you actually look close enough, it looks like uh, Brian actually probably beat him by just a couple mm-hmm. of hairs. They get through the, they beat the train that's coming across traffic there. They're all happy. And then Dom looks over at Brian and then Brian freaks out and is like, oh my gosh. And then of course Dom gets hit by a truck. He flips over and uh, then this little next little scene plays yeah, out. Yeah, I, I love this scene. I, it's It might be the most iconic scene like maybe in the entire franchise, like that's, this is the one you'd be, be like, okay, this is like a staple scene. Like that just stands out in my mind. Um, I love how they do. There's another camera trick. They do the camera trick the other way. Like in earlier in the film, they, they double the frame rate of everything around them. And then in this one, they, when they did that slow-mo on their faces, they actually half the frame rate. So it has that like stuttery, like almost cheesy, like soap opera, like look to it almost. Yeah. And yeah, uh, of course, yeah. whenever uh, Dom takes off, I think think it's awesome that his muscle car is so powerful that it does a wheelie because that's just really cool. Oh, so yeah, they, yeah, like you said, they beat the train and they have this confrontation. They, they're 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 having like kind of a an almost an argument. Like, what are you gonna do, man? What are you gonna do? You lied to me. Blah blah blah. And in the final moments, he gives Dom his keys to his car and says, "Get out of here." And that was like an ultimate like form of respect for Dom. You know he owes him a 10 second car man yeah oh yeah he's th- that's true like throughout the entire movie he's like he oh you you owe me a 10 second car you owe me a 10 second car you owe me a te- 10 second car so at the end of the movie he finally pays up and gives him the car and dom drives off into the sunset while brian waits for the cops to come one of the best scenes though that like i remember watching this is what i probably remember most vividly as a kid growing up watching this movie with my sister was just the beautiful man that is paul walker walking into the distance zooming into his face as you hear the sirens come in and he kind of just does this like strut walk down the street just waiting for the cops to arrive (laughs) it's just like he's kind of owned his own fate he knows he's accepted what's happened it's just uh it's so good the perfect kind of cap to an already ridiculously cheesy movie so yeah man that's the first plot i'm not sure how it went but i feel like we had a good time talking about it you doing? I owe you a 10 second car. What What's your opinion like all in all for this movie? Because I think this movie is maybe the most serious in the entire franchise. What do you think? I think it is. I think for this first one, one, I think it, it's one of those things where I'm not sure the producers, the people that were involved in greenlighting this whole thing could ever predicted it, its success that it had. You know, with a budget of $38 million, which is actually, in my opinion, quite a bit, especially back in 2001, to go on to gross $200 plus million worldwide is pretty significant. But I think it does just capture the, the crazy cheese of the early 2000s. And they definitely took themselves way too seriously, whereas you'll eventually figure out in later films that Josh and I eventually review and talk through, they kind of just own the cheese a little bit. And I think that almost is to its benefit because they know what made these movies so great. They know it's popcorn, crazy fun. They know no one goes to this movie is is expecting a serious drama that you would expect from 
whatever other crazy you know this isn't winning any best actor awards ever best actor or best actress they know what makes these movies golden they know what makes these movies so successful and later on they totally own that and just run with it but certainly for this first one it's definitely just a bunch of cheese the acting is awful 90% of the time. I mean, when Paul Walker has the most emotional range of any character in the entire film, you know it's not doing anything to further the acting uh, realm if, in that regard, but um, I love it. I still think 19 years later, this is just a movie that it's just a cheesy, badass time. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, I mean, I... I can look at this movie. I we both could sit here and nitpick it to death and like say that was terrible and that was terrible. But as a whole, like it's just super fun to watch. Like yeah. you you know what you're going in for, especially if you know going into this movie that hey, I'm gonna get the cheese, I'm gonna get some cool cars, I'm gonna get some cool races that are actually filmed pretty well, and it's all practical effects in this. There's no no CG trickery, which they do have in the future films, but I feel like they do keep a lot of that initial you know realistic physics and stuff usually there's some crazy stuff that (laughs) happens but these movies do turn turn into basically dumb superhero movies dumb in the best and most lovingly way to say dumb (laughs) super movie superhero (laughs) movies but uh this is this is the most self-serious uh it tries to be i guess because it just goes off the rails and each episode basically each movie just pretty much amps it up to 11 they they push that nos button man they really do they really do <laughs> on all future films no doubt about it yeah so for me i i'm not sure where i'm gonna rank it so what we're gonna do as we watch these movies we're each gonna come up with a personal ranking so right now we only have one movie to rank so right now it's at the top of my list and it's at the top <laughs> of your list right so it sure as, is as we go on, we're gonna we're not gonna tell each other what we think and what our ranking's gonna be. So at the end, we'll discuss like after we watch two or three, it's like oh, I rank this one, this one, this one. And by the time we're done with all the entire franchise, we're gonna sit down and debate and come up with like the ultimate list of rankings, the definitive Fast and the Furious list. That's right. Yeah. So, man, I, I love this movie, and I'm I'm so excited we we got to sit down and chat about it a bit today. Me too. And this is just the beginning of what's to come. I'm super pumped about this. As we said in episode zero, if you had the chance to listen to that, if you haven't, please go back and do that. You know, Josh and I, or especially Josh has been pitching this idea for years. uh, And I'm so glad that, you know, he accepted me as being a co-host for this. And we're just so pumped about not only talking about the future of Fast and the Furious, but what this podcast could eventually become talking about other franchises of movies and maybe even TV shows. You know, you just never know where this is going to go. But Josh, because we were recording these episodes in advance, we also want to eventually have a segment of the show called Family Reunion, because the Fast and the Furious movies are all about family. We will not only want other people to share their thoughts about these movies, but if you're new to these films, please consider watching them with us and sharing your thoughts. Again, we're recording these in advance, so we might have a couple episodes out already we won't be able to read your thoughts live but on future episodes of the show we would love to read your thoughts about the fast and the furious films so consider sending those to us positive negative or otherwise to box office bliss at gmail.com we would love to read them live on the show yeah and i also think that 
since we're doing these in advance, if you want to leave, hey, this is what I think about the first movie and the second movie, we can always tack on an extra long family reunion once we actually start getting emails rolling in. So that's that's absolutely be pr- pretty, pretty easy to do. So with the emails, you can also send your thoughts on the future films in advance. Just send us emails, man. We want to talk to you guys and read your emails. You know what's really nice is hearing your name on a podcast. So if you want to hear your name on a podcast, send us some stuff. <laughs> so also, yes. also, man, like we're looking for feedback. We want to know what you guys think of the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Box Office, Box Office Bliss. Leave your thoughts over there as well. Give us a follow. We'll follow you back. You know all the good stuff you do on Twitters. You can also follow Rusty at R.E. Lewis. 2011 you can also follow my boy josh my co-host here at at frantic society rusty you're fam so why don't you close out the show absolutely we again want to thank everyone for tuning in to the first real true episode of box office bliss again as josh said we want all of the feedback you can provide whether it's your love or hate for these movies But honestly, we would just love to hear your thoughts about the films and in general, just the structure of the show and all of that good stuff. But we will be back for episode two, reviewing the rather interesting Too Fast, Too Furious, starring again, Paul Walker, but also new person to the franchise, Tyrese Gibson. So we hope you look forward to that. And then again, we will be reviewing all of the Fast and the Furious films moving forward, including the television show and the uh, not-so-well-revered video game. So stay tuned for all of that and potentially more with Box Office Bliss. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. Bye, everybody.